We're going to jump in today. Uh, we're in week two of Waymaker. We're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 15 through 20. And each week of this series, we have someone that is a part of the family, the DNA, the identity of this church uh, that has stories. There's stories all around you. All right. So we, we, we have about 500 people that call Radiate Church home on a consistent basis. And what we believe is every one of those people has some kind of story of how God's been a waymaker in their life. And so some of these people are actually comfortable getting up and sharing that. And so each week of this series, we wanted to share the story of a family member of ours uh, that, that we believe and they believe and they know God has been a waymaker in their life. So last week we heard from Christy and Michael Floyd and how God's done that in their life. And this week I want you to give it up and welcome Shaniqua Karanja on the stage today. And give it up for her. That's right, we believe in honor. Come on. Shaniqua is an ordained minister, so it's actually Pastor Shaniqua Karanja. I like her. Is that right? Yes. Kurt Karanja. Just got to put a growl to it. That's how he says it? That's amazing. You know? Kindred spirits, praise God. Anyway, we wanted her to share her story a little bit this morning and how God's been a waymaker in your life. It's in a powerful, powerful story. It's an amazing step of faith. And so, Shaniqua, how's God been a waymaker in your life? Well, uh, last month, Pastor Brandon uh, preached a message called uh, The Ridiculousness, and uh, the message was about how the Lord, how um, the Lord can show his miraculous when we risk the ridiculous. Yeah. And so as I sat in the congregation, I was listening to it, and it really resonated with me because I knew that he was doing miraculous things in not only my life, but in the lives of so many people that I know. So um, a few years ago, the Lord was calling me to ministry and to specifically serve uh, the community of grieving people. And uh, I was a little bit stuck because I said, Lord, I don't even know what this will look like. Um, and I, there was a little fear that I had. And um, you said earlier that fear is not of God, and it's really true. Yeah. So I, I was stuck in a place of fear. I had my... Um, my head down in a little bit and um, it wasn't the mission that made me scared it was the fact that I just didn't know how it was gonna come to pass yeah. so I did what I thought would be best I was like I know I'll just ignore it <laughs> I'll ignore the call I'll pretend like I'm not supposed to do this and uh, slowly but surely things around me started to stop um, I, I became stagnant I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't think without the mission just pressing on me. Mm. So I said, well, God, I'm not even qualified. And so the Lord said, I qualify you. And yes. I said, but I don't have the support of, you know, these particular people. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for Come you. On. And I said, but what about money? I don't, I don't have the money to start this. And the Lord reminded me that he supplies all of my needs. Yes. So after he knocked down all of my doubts, all of my doubts, <laughs> I decided I was going to step into the ridiculous. And he truly did show his miraculous. It was ridiculous wow. for me because um, I left my job and stepped into full-time ministry unpaid. My husband became my biggest supporter and cheerleader because we are now a one-income family and have been for two years. Mm. Um, on this one income, though, we've been able to uh, 
do ministry, pay our bills, support a student missionary monthly, uh, support two startup nonprofits, wow. and give to our local church monthly. Come on. Woo. All on one income. Praise God. <laughs> and it's because it, it, it's ridiculous, I know, and it sounds unheard of, but it was because of God's miraculous that I was able to do that. Yeah. And it wasn't without any struggles and any fears because there were times that I wanted to quit. There were times I tried to quit. quit. <laughs> tried to Me quit too. It's all Several it's times. All but I just had to keep casting that fear and that doubt down, back down to the pits of hell where it belonged. And yes. um, anytime I was struggling, miraculously, there would be like a check in the mail. Um, you know, we had friends that stood up and mm. stepped up for us at times when we were struggling and they helped us. And there was always somebody with an encouraging word. There was never a time that we were just left there. Mm. And so since then to now, we've, uh, our ministry, Grief Compassion Network, has been able to serve three states and two countries. Wow. Um, families on. in all those in areas. Two years. In two years. In two years, man. Come on. Hey, and there's a picture of, she wanted to show this because sometimes people can go, well, I'm a little cynical of that, you know, there's no proof of it. Well, there you go, right there. That's how God has provided uh, in a way in her life. And uh, Pastor Shaniqua uh, Karanja, we are uh, so proud of you and we stand by you and you are family and uh, we're excited about what God's doing. And can we just give it up one more time, not just for her, but for God being a way maker. Come on, we honor around here. Amen. Amen. I, love, I love those stories because here's the thing. We all have a story. Maybe you have a story. Maybe you have a story you'd like to share. I'd, I'd love to hear it. Just email it to youmatter at radiatechurch.net. Uh, we'd love to hear that story because maybe your story stirs the faith in someone else. Uh, to be able to see God as a waymaker in in their life as well, I want to jump right into Second Kings chapter three. One of my favorite chapters is Second Kings chapter four. There's one of my favorite stories in the world. I've based my life off of the story of the widow's oil, but I want to back up to a, a story involving the prophet Elisha and armies and warriors and obviously God. And so Second Kings chapter three verses fifteen. Through 20, if you're ready, say yeah. yeah. Here we go. It says, now bring me a minstrel or a worship leader. And it came about when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, he being Elisha, said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of trenches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind nor shall you see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water. Just because you can't see it, don't mean it's not going to happen. So that you shall drink, both you and your cattle and your beasts. This is but a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. He will also give the Moabites into your hand, verse 19. Then you shall strike every fortified city and every choice city and fell every good tree and stop all springs of water. And mar every good piece of land with stones. Verse 20. It happened. Somebody say, it happened. Look at your neighbor and say, it, it happened. Look at the other one and say, what had happened was. <laughs> it happened in the morning about the time of the offering, of offering the sacrifice. That behold, water came by the way of Edom and the country was what? It was what? Oh, come on with water. 
God, I pray that you'd take this word, make it mean something in our life. God, give us revelation. Give us a way to live this out, not just hear a sermon, but live it out and change lives. And uh, God, I know you've got something great today. We honor you in your name. Amen. You know, when I was uh, in, I think it was high school, uh, I had a job that I hated. I hated it. I couldn't stand it. It was outside in the summer, about 100 degrees, and it was laying sod. Anybody in here ever laid sod? Y'all know that's probably what's going to happen in hell. (laughs) I hate it. Some of you guys are like, no, I love it. There is an extra anointing of grace on your life. I did not get it. I hated it. I couldn't stand it. Um, I'd go out there and I would sweat buckets, man. I would sweat like crazy. I was not a big guy. I was a small, I was a wee little man. Um, I'm a real boy. And uh, I was a small, small teenager out there rolling big old rolls of sod down. And, uh, and then uh, I, I had a job right out of college that I hated as well. Anybody ever had a job they hate? Anybody like... Yeah, the rest of you, y'all lying. Anyway, um, I'm just playing. We, we, I had a job. It, I loved it to an extent, but I didn't. I had to be there at 5 in the morning. I was a distributor uh, for a, a reputable and large beverage company in our region here. And uh, I had a 16-bay truck. Well, the smallest guy in the plant had the second largest route in the plant. Every three days, y'all, every three days I had to deliver at least a minimum of 1,500 cases of beverage to a local hospital. And uh, we didn't have pallet jacks, right? We didn't have things where you just pump them up and pick up the pallet and and push it. All you spoiled people around here today. I had to touch every case three times. I had to pull it off the truck. I had to get it off the stack. I mean, I had to stack it up, and then I had to pull it off the dolly, off the stack, and rotate it. So every 1,500 cases, I actually touched 4,500. It was crazy. It was a lot. I was a small guy, tiny guy. I sweated like crazy in the middle of the summer. It was hot. I knew about Jesus just because I didn't want to go to where it was that hot ever again in my life. And um, it, it was crazy, man. It was hot. It was sweaty. It was nasty. I had a knife pulled on me because the guy thought I had money from the company. I'm like, I don't even have money of my own, much less theirs on me, right? Like all kinds of crazy stuff went down with that job. But And, and, and about every two weeks, there was a, at least one day in every two weeks where I loved my job. What day was that? Payday, Pay baby. Payday. And I ain't, talking about the, I ain't talking about the candy bar. I'm talking about direct deposit hits. You get a notification on your phone and you are praise breaking, dancing all the way home. You know what I'm saying? Like, I loved it one day a week. Why? Because I knew in that day, in that moment, every drop of sweat was worth it, right? Every drop of sweat was worth it because I had the money to prove it. I was single at the time. I could spend money on what I wanted to and I did. It wasn't smart, but I did. Anybody ever look back and go, if I'd have just saved that money, I'd be in a much better place right now. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't smart, but I did. You know, I I lived my life, and I hated it most of the time, but I loved it when payday came around. That's kind of where these guys were at. So to back up and tell you the context of the story is there's a group of kings that came together that felt like God told them they were going to 
They were going to win a, a war. They were going to own some land. They were going to take over the land and it was going to be theirs. And then they get there, they get all their armies together, they get all their cattle together, they get everybody together. And what happens is they get in this valley and the land that they're going to take has controlled and stopped all the flow of water out of the city, which was actually normal uh, in those days because whoever controlled the water controlled the victory. Come on, God is a consuming fire, but he is also the living Water, whoever controls the water, controls the victory. And so when the enemy tries to stop the flow of living water in your life, he knows that he's trying to stop the production of victory in your life through Jesus. He is the living water, praise God. And so all this stuff is happening and they have no water. They're out there. And the king, I mean, the people go to the kings and they're like, hey, I'm thirsty. There's no convenience stores around. There's no water. There's no mud puddles. My cattle needs to drink. My men need to drink. We've got nothing. We're cramping up. We're falling like flies. We got nothing left, right? And so the kings go, well, I need to hear what God wants us to do. And so they go and, and God says, listen, I'm going to send rain. And I can just imagine when you hear that in the moment, like we're going to have rain, we're going to have water, we're going to have hydration, we're going to have what we need. I know in my life, I'd have been like, yes, God is coming through. He is the way maker. And we've already read the end of the story. We know that he did send the rain. But what did he do? He didn't look at him and go, just wake up in the morning and there's going to be rain all over the ground. No. He said, I need you to sweat even more than you are before I bring the provision of my rain. He said, he said, I need you to, to sweat a little bit more. I need you to dehydrate a little bit more. I need you to, to work just a little bit longer, just a, a little bit harder before my rain. Why? Because I need you to catch my blessing, not just try to earn my blessing. I, I need you to put up something so that when it rains, it doesn't just soak into the ground and is never used. But when it rains, it's sitting there for you to use. I need you. We are conditioned as a society and as people to give up when it gets too hard, aren't we? This is too hard for me. Obviously, it's not from God. Well, if, if anybody, if you, I've said this and I had to look at myself one day and go, then you're not reading the same Bible that God wrote. Because there's very few things in the Bible that God brought without hard work. You know, you got to stress, you got to be frustrated, you got to sweat just a little bit. And so the man of God, Elisha, comes back and he goes, hey, I know you want water. And God said he's going to bring the water, but I need you to work a little bit more. I can just imagine them going back to the armies and telling them that. And the armies being like, you have lost your mind. My calves are cramping. I don't have any more energy. I'm about, I'm on the verge of death right now. And you want me to sweat a little bit more? And the kings had to go, yeah, I do. Why? Because I trust what God is saying in the moment. And please notice, there was a lot of people that they needed to provide for, wasn't it? There was, a, there was armies, there was cattle, there was hundreds, thousands of people out there. Here's the truth. They couldn't dig mud puddles. A mud puddle ain't nothing but for Peppa Pig to play in. If you got little kids, you know what I'm talking about. A mud puddle is just for you to stomp in and enjoy. A trench 
is something that you can learn from. A trench is something that can provide. So they said, I don't need a, a mud puddle. I don't need you to dig just this little shallow thing. And then when it gets hard and you see a drip of sweat fall down off your nose, uh, just walk away because there's a, there's a payday coming. And so I need you to sweat just a little bit more. I, maybe, maybe you're in the room today and you feel like I can't sweat anymore. My sweat isn't paying off. I, I, I've sweated with prayer. I've sweated with, with invites. I've sweated with generosity. I've sweated with trying to do it right. I've sweated with this. I've sweated with, with that. But I want you to know that if God tells you to sweat, there's a payday on the other side around the corner that that one more drop of sweat may be the thing that releases a, a flood of rain in your life. It's not the amount of sweat. It's the amount of obedience. Because I don't know about you, but I, 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 I don't like I don't like to stink. I just don't. One of the things I hated about those jobs is I'd walk in the food line afterwards to grab something to drink or or grab something to go home and cook. And let's get real. It was a frozen pizza, but still. And y'all, it was like they wanted to kick me out the store. And they probably should have not because I stole something just because I was running the, the customers out because I stunk. It was bad. I'd come home. My brother, I room with my brother at the time. He'd be like, you got to go take a shower. You smell terrible. Yes, sir. You're right. Yes. Here's the thing. You might stink for a moment, but there's going to come a time where you get to bathe in the blessing that God has given you, and you don't have to worry about sweating anymore. You don't have to worry about stinking. You just get to sit in the trench of rain and go, God, you are so good. God, I see the victory. God, I'm not sweating for nothing. It's a sweet sweat because all of a sudden, the payday has come back around. I know you feel like sweating is pointless, but I'm here to tell you there's a payday on the way. There's a payday on the way. And here's the, here's the thing you got to know about a payday. The bigger the payday, the more the sweat. The bigger the payday, the more the sweat. You know, I had to help dig a trench one time to lay some pipe for somebody. And you had to dig it pretty deep and you had to dig it pretty long. And I was helping dig this thing. And man, the, di- the, the deeper that we had to dig, the more I sweat. You know why? Because the payday. Because of what it had to be to get there. Listen, you might not, it may not be that God's, it may not be that God's punishing you. It may be that he's laying a foundation for something bigger than you ever imagined to begin with. The bigger the payday, the more you got to sweat. I can't pray for God to change my marriage and then I don't sweat. I, I just sit in the recliner and go, God, change them. Don't work on me. I can't pray for God to grow this church, and yet I expect everybody else to hand an invite out. I I can't expect uh, and pray for God to change my county and my community, yet I don't do anything to reach my neighbor. I can't, I can't pray for God to, to save my kids and bring them into the kingdom of God and, and, and into everlasting uh, uh, forgiveness with Him, and yet I never do any. I can't pray for God to bless my future marriage whenever I'm living outside of His bounds to begin with. I can't. Pray for that and have no sweat equity in it. Part of the issue, part of the reason it's so easy to leave churches today is because nobody put sweat equity into it. Oh, come on, y'all. I can leave and talk about people I build no relationship with. I can leave and talk about somebody when I haven't even tried to set up a single chair. 
I can leave and get mad about something whenever it's, y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can leave and say that they don't love me. They didn't, they didn't invest in me. I didn't, they didn't get to know me. And the whole time we're sitting there going, wait, 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 wait. You never joined a life group. You never got, you never served. You never went to face to face. You never came to a team night. You never did full life. You never did any of that stuff. Yet you sat every single, sometimes we need to put some sweat equity into the blessing that God's got. Because if not, We'll worship the miracle and ignore the way maker. We, we, we're not worshiping a miracle. We're worshiping, worshiping the miracle worker. I got to put some sweat equity in it. And hear me, hear me, hear me. I want to challenge you today. Having butt marks in a blue seat is not sweat equity. It's not. You know who's got sweat equity in this thing? The people that have been with us from day one. That if, you know who's got sweat equity in this thing? The people that set up these pipe and drape and keep us safe and make sure the cleanliness is there. The people that go, I'll do what I need to do so that God can do what he needs to do in this county and in this town and in this city and in this church. And it's sweat equity, man. You know who, you know who's, uh, whose marriages make it? The ones that have some sweat equity in it. Because when I work for it, I believe in it. It's easy to say, I, I believe. God, I believe you. I believe you, God. Just don't ask me to do anything for it. Okay. I know I've hit a nerve now. Because what happens is, it's, God, I believe you, but I don't believe that you want to change me. In fact, I don't want to change me. I just want to believe you. I, don't, I want to do enough, God, not to go to hell. Keep, keep me from the fiery pit, God. Because if you keep me from the fiery pit and I can just go live in, a, in, a, in streets of gold. See, we've, we've bought this lie that all we have to do is enough to get by. Just enough to get by. Just pray just enough, worship just enough, go to church and all this other stuff. Listen, that's not sweat equity. There's, there's an abundance of rain that God's wanting for you. There's a purpose and a, and a promise for you. There's a plan for you on this earth. And, and the way that we achieve that is that we, we, we move forward and we start digging for what God's told us to dig for. And we start working and we get in groups of people that love us and challenge us. And, and we get into a place where there's anointing and revelation and transformation and everything shifts. And we we keep moving. I want to give you this thought, and then I want to move forward because I don't want to, I don't want to uh, misconstrue something today. We, we don't earn God's provision. Please hear me. We don't earn God's provision, but we will prepare for it. God is not looking at you going, hey, I need you to earn what I've got for you. I need you to work hard enough to pay the bill for the provision and the promise I have for you. See, Jesus paid the bill on the cross over 2,000 years ago. In just about four or five weeks, about 1,000 people, because you're going to invite people, we're going we're gonna to celebrate the fact that not only did he pay the price on the cross, but he got up three days later and handed the receipt back and said, you can keep this because I'm not being bound by any kind of parameter. My name is Jesus. I am the Messiah. Messiah and the Savior, and through the Spirit of God, I got up and rose up again. See, here's the thing we got to understand. I'm not earning anything. He's already paid for it all. I'm just preparing for what he's bringing. How much is God reigning in our lives and in our church and in our county today? The problem is, is there's no way to catch it because we're not digging the trenches. Are you following me today? Y'all being a little quiet. So I want to give you three quick things today. Three quick things that we have to do to dig deeper trenches. The first one is this. We have to listen to God. We have to listen to God. See, we have to be careful the voices that we listen to. We can't listen to social media all the time. 
We can't listen to government officials all the time. We can't listen to people that pay our bills all the time and give us that paycheck. I got to be careful who has my ear because the one that has my ear has my future. I got to be careful who has my ear because who has my ear, hear me, has my future. I got to listen to what God wants. I got to listen to what God is asking for. And when God tells me, hey, it's time to, it's time to dig, we got to go, hey, where, where do you want me to dig, God? Because wouldn't it be foolish if God said, I need you to dig in the very place that you're at? And we said, okay, great. We went and got, went to Home Depot. We got us a brand new shovel because somebody that's going to help me in a little while forgot theirs this morning. (laughs) And we didn't go back to where he told us to dig. We went somewhere else. Wouldn't it be pointless if we sweated and dug in the wrong place? And then we blame God for not coming through. When I'm just working my tail off, God, hey, I'm doing everything that I can. You told me to dig. And God said, yeah, but I didn't tell you to dig there. You want to fix your marriage. And instead of fixing your marriage, you're digging in a relationship with a female that you shouldn't be talking to. We going to go somewhere today. I want you to fix your finances. Instead, you're digging into debt instead of a budget. I want, I want you to dig trenches in your, in your church, but instead you're going out and celebrating what God's doing everywhere but your church. Y'all don't get mad. The truth is, is we got to go, God, where do you want me to dig? Because digging doesn't mean anything if it's not in the place where he's going he's gonna to rain his blessing anyway. We're just working for nothing. We're just sweating for nothing, but the sweat turn sweet whenever we dig where he told us to dig and when we go all right God you told me to do this in my marriage and I'm a fool and this don't make sense and it don't work I got if this don't wait if you don't come through I'm gonna look like an idiot and God's going just dig bud I got you I got you I'm gonna rain down in something that you never thought possible and I'm gonna I need you to dig a trench I need you to dig a trench I need you to make this happen and God's going all right I got you I got you I got you where, where is God telling us to dig? How is God telling us to dig? When, what way is God telling us to dig? Because if we believe God's a way maker, we have to lean into his direction. We have to lean into his direction. I can't, I can't blame God for not doing something when I'm doing what he told me to do in the wrong place. I got to be willing to go, all right, God, this is what you... T-. Shaniqua got up here and she talked about how it didn't make sense and it was scary and she wanted to quit. She was sweating. You know what I'm saying? It was scary and it was hurtful. It was harmful. And people walk out and people walk in and this happens and that happens. And God just said, just keep your head down and dig. I know you feel dehydrated. Shaniqua, I know you want to quit. I know. I get it. Hey, Shaniqua, yeah, I know. I I understand you feel like it's about to go down. I'm just telling you, one more drop of sweat, and that's when the rain's coming. One more more change, and that's when the rain's coming. One more dig, and that's when the rain's coming. I'm here to tell you, maybe we are digging in the wrong place. We got to listen to what God says and what God tells us to do. It's his voice. It's his spirit. It's his direction. It's not social media. It's no one else. It's God that we are here to dig for no one else. Please hear me. If we miss God's voice, then we'll miss his place. The second thing we have to do, we have to listen to his voice, but, but we also have to put in the work. This is the one where we get stuck. 
Because a lot of times we'll hear God in a moment of worship or we'll hear God in a moment of prayer or we'll hear God in a moment of study or we'll hear God and we're like, yeah, this is what I need to do. I know this is what I got to do. God, I hear you. I got you, God. I, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll put in the work on a Sunday. But then Monday rolls around and I'm not at church anymore and my pastor ain't screaming in my face and my small group ain't there. And I'm not saying, welcome to Radiate Church, I'm so glad you're here. I'm not doing that. In fact, I'm answering a phone to people that are mad at me for something I didn't even do. And we're sitting there. Can I tell you something? We got to put in the work Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then guess what? We get to start all over again. See, it's not a matter of going, God, bless me while I sit in my recliner. It's a matter of going, God, bless me while I'm obedient to what you say. That's what changes everything. I want, I want to take a, a chance on something today. I want to ask you this. If you started attending this, and this might be a little embarrassing, and I understand, just go with me for a minute, because we're all going to be standing here in a minute anyway. If you would, if you've been started attending this church within the past 12 months, would you stand up for me? Past 12 months. All right, we got some folks standing. All right, there you go, there you go. Hey, y'all give it up for these guys right here, right? All right, remain standing. If you invited or have an investment in anybody standing right now, would you stand to your feet as well? Come on. All right, now if you invited or have an investment with anyone standing in the room today, would you stand to your feet right now? Yep. See, here's the truth. Look around. I know a lot of, how about if you've ever invited anybody? To Radiate Church, would you stand to your feet right now? Yep. Look around. Please pay attention to this. I know those little circles are just pieces of paper. Those things are trenches. They're shovels. I know the prayers. I know whenever you put that thing in the pump at the gas station, it's like, this ain't nothing. No, 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 no. You're digging a trench at that point. See, I, I, I know, listen, we put in the work because we believe what God is doing here is unique and special. And I can't catch it on a screen. I got to be here in person to feel the revelation and the anointing and the power and the transformation that God's doing in my town, in my community. We're looking and going, I will dig. I will dig. I will do what I got to do. I'll be who I got to be. I'll put in the work. Listen, look around you. Look around this is work, and it takes all of us to put in the work, to catch the blessing that God has for us. Would you give it up for each other this morning? You can be seated. Hear me, hear me, hear me. I can't just grab my shovel and go, all right, God, I go to church once a week. Yeah, but you hadn't read your Bible on your own in six months. We can't grab our shovel and go, all right, God, I joined the team. That's great, but every time you serve, you got a problem with what's going on. All right, God, I prayed for somebody in church. Great, wonderful. You hadn't prayed for your spouse in a year. You follow me? We can't look and grab our shovel and go, God, look at me. <laughs> I'm doing this thing. Woo! I don't just give 10%, I give 12% every week, God. Look at me! And God's going, great. Man, that's so good. So good. I just wish you'd get up and have that same enthusiasm about reaching people Monday through Saturday, too. 
It's easy to write a check. It's hard to bring people. All of it's necessary, right? All of it's the call of God. But when we have a mentality that it's on Sunday, not through the week, we show off our shovel and never put it to the dirt. Because you can grab shovels every Sunday here at Radiate. The problem is, is if I never put them to dirt Monday through Saturday. Come on, somebody. So we got to put in the work, too. And the third one is this. The third one is this. We have to see what can happen. We have to see a victory. We, we have to see beyond where we are. I want to put it to you like this. We, we have to see past our present to see God's future. For instance, here's what a lot of us do. We've dug our way out of our past, but now we've buried ourselves in our present. And so we can't see the bigness of what God has for us. I know it feels like hell right now, and I know you're sweating a lot, and it's hard, and it's difficult, and you feel like there's no rain, and there's no hydration, and you don't have anything, but I just want you to know something today, that, 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 that we have to see past our present to see God's future, because God's future for you is better than anything you could ever come up with and decide for yourself, and I want you to know that your shovel is your tool to get you to your breakthrough so that you can, <laughs> so that you can see where God's taking you not just where you're occupying now. That's the tool. I, I want you to pay attention to one more thing. I'm going to close this in prayer in just a moment in worship. But there were hundreds. No, 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 no. There were thousands of people and cattle lined up in the same valley, lined up in the same place, lined up in the same area. They were all there, and they all had one singular mission. Thousands of people ready to fight but felt like they were about to die. And they all were called to do one singular thing, which was what? Dig. That was it. He looked at every one of them and said, I just need you to dig. I just need you to put shovel to dirt. Mumble, scoot on up. Scoot on up for me, Chris. <laughs> I just need you to put... Shovel to dirt. Hey, hey, I know that you're a corporal and you're a lieutenant and I know that you, you're a gunner and I know that you do this and you're over the livestock and you're the police and you're the medic and I know that you do this and this is your place and this is your place and I understand that but I need all of you to do one thing today. No matter your position, no matter your title, because we're not called the titles, we're called the callings. I don't care what your title is. I don't care what your specialty is. I just need everybody to grab one singular thing, and that is the weapon of a shovel. And I need that shovel to meet dirt. And we're not digging mud puddles, John. We're not digging mud puddles, man. We got, we got thousands that need to... Hey, hey you know the, 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 the depth of what we're digging is dependent on how, how much we believe God's bringing. So I don't know about you, John, but I believe God's bringing something pretty big, so I need you to dig pretty deep. But don't worry, John, because you're not doing it by yourself. See, if I were digging by myself, I could dig one trench, and I could do it well. I might could get two or three out before it started raining, but now I've got four other guys that have my back, that have the same weapon, the same belief, the same trust, the same God, the same spirit, and we're all putting our shovel to the dirt going, oh, my God is bigger, and because my God is bigger, I'm digging trenches all over this valley. I'm catching everything God's doing. I'm not earning anything. I'm not earning anything. I'm catching everything. He said this, here, hear what Elisha said. He said, make the valley 
full of trenches. Full. In other words, you can't take a step when about to fall in a six-foot puddle of water. Why? Because they knew God was a way maker. And so whenever I got my, my brothers and we all start digging, here's what I, do, I know. At Radiate Church, we'll make this valley full of trenches. We'll give whatever we got to give. We'll do whatever we got to do. And my checkbook can be a shovel. Somebody? My invite can be a shovel. My prayer can be a shovel. My worship can be a shovel. My marriage can be a shovel. All of it can be a shovel that digs a trench to catch God's blessing, not earn it. I want you to hear me today that God is looking at every single one of us and he's begging us, pick up your shovel. Start making your valley full of trenches. Stop wallowing in pity. Stop giving yourself a pity party in the valley that you don't want to be in. Start making it something that catches the blessing of God in your area your anxiety doesn't define you your depression your marriage your struggle your addiction john i know you're going through hell dig anyway chris i know you're trying to do something dig anyway austin i know what you're trying to do dig lj dig it don't matter make the valley full of trenches pick up your shovel and watch god's blessing fall in this house I know this is not a sexy weapon. If I had a sword, you'd be like, oh, pictures. Y'all like, he got that at Home Depot for $8. That's the beauty. It's available to anybody. Oh, my God. The anointing is available. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. He said, pick up the shovel. Make it full of trenches. Your blessing is around the corner. It's a sweet sweat when I know my direct deposit's about to hit. Because here's what we do. (laughs) When I know direct deposit's around the corner, I look at Chris and I go, hey, man, we're going to go out to eat this week. You just got to get me till Friday. But on Friday, we're going to get a steak. You know why? <laughs> Hope said, I'm his fiance. He's taking me first. <laughs> it's true. true story. We prepare for what we want to do with the payday on the natural. But we get mad because God brings it and then we don't know what to do with it. And so we sit in the blessing and we worship the blessing instead of the blessing giver. You guys can step down. Thank you trenches so maybe you're in the room is this helping anybody maybe you're in the room and you're going I have been digging trenches for years for days for months I don't know and I'm just here to tell you sweat just a little bit longer dig where God said it's on the way If I listen to God, if I put in the work and I see what can happen, not what is happening, then all of a sudden something shifts. And all of a sudden the water starts rising in the trenches. So I go, wait, 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 wait. Maybe I can dig this one a little bit deeper. So I dig it deeper and that one fills up. You see what I'm saying? I know it radiates for me.
I don't see a school. I don't see 500 people. I see thousands. Here's why. Do you know there are thousands of people waiting for their lives to be impacted by this ministry? Hear me today. I didn't say hundreds. I didn't even say 8,000. I said thousands because I know what God's going to do here. There are counties and cities waiting on a life-giving church like Radiate Church to show up. There are generations God is waiting to change. There, there, he's waiting for people to grab their shovel and go, that generational curse that's over that town is going to be lifted when you walk in. That religious mentality is going to be lifted when you walk in. I, that's what I see at Radiate. I see thousands of people. I see, I see outreaches. I see a building that blows, that people look at and goes, there's no way but God whenever that thing goes up. I see outreach where people just go, I got to go there because there's something happening. I had somebody tell me today. They said, I started attending last month and God's doing something so special here, I couldn't go anywhere else. I tried, but I couldn't. That's what I see happening all the time. In your life, maybe it's the same way personally. Grab your shovel. Dig the trenches where God tells us to. Would you stand to your feet with me today? All of our prayer partners, prayer team, leaders. If you would come forward, because here's what I know. God's, God's, God's simply asking this one question today. Will you dig? That's it. One question. One easy question. Will you dig? We're going to worship one more song and we're going to get out of here. But we're not getting out of here because we want to go home. We're getting out of here because we need to go change the world. And so I just want to ask you, maybe you're in the room and you go, there's some personal stuff in my life I need to dig for. I need God to tell me where to dig, how to dig, what to dig, what, what I need to do, what it is. I just need to lay it down and ask God to do something. We're going to open the altars in a minute. Maybe you're going, I need to dig at my church more. Maybe I need to dig in my, whatever it is, I don't know. But the altars are open and today is a day of redemption and victory. God, I pray that in this worship and during this altar time, something shifts. The spirit is released in this room and everything changes. And God, we just honor you. We worship you. We give you all that we have. We give you all the glory. Come on. In the name of Jesus, we worship worship you, God. If you're ready and you need some prayer, would you come down out of your seat right now and join us at this altar and let's pray together. Come on, church.